I want you to go with me to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1 through 7. I want to talk this morning about recovering the cutting edge. One thing that our general overseer is emphasizing everywhere he goes, especially in camp meetings, and basically anywhere he's preaching nowadays, is the power of Pentecost, the power of the Holy Spirit. And if there's anything that we need in the church today, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm all for programs, I'm all for methods, I'm all for good singing. But without power, people leave the same way they come. Without the presence of God, people leave the same way they come. Amen? Because good singing without anointing is just good singing. It's just entertainment. And I know what the Bible says, that the Word of God would not return void. The Word of God works. You can read it, and the Word of God will work, but there is a difference between anointed preaching and just simply somebody giving a sermon. I want the power of God. I want the cutting edge of the Spirit. And I believe as we read this text, we'll find out how to recover the cutting edge because in my opinion, I believe we've lost the cutting edge. Let's look at the Scripture, 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make their place where we may dwell. So he answered, Go. Then one said, Please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe had fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, Master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick, threw it in there, and he made the iron float. Therefore he said, Pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. Father, today I'm asking that you would anoint me to say those things that need to be said, and I pray that you would touch the ears of the people to hear. And Father, we will give you praise and honor and glory for all that's accomplished. In the name of Jesus we pray, and the people of God said, Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. In this text that we read this morning, this young man, he's doing a great work. But you'll notice that in the process he loses the axe head in the Jordan River. The axe head represents the power to get the job done. It represents the power to accomplish the task at hand. I want you to think about that for a moment. When he loses the axe head, he loses the ability to be effective. He loses the ability to make an impact. He loses his ability to make a difference. He lost his ability to accomplish what he was intending to accomplish. He lost his cutting edge. And without the cutting edge of the axe head, he could have stayed busy. He could have kept swinging the axe handle, but he wouldn't have been productive. 
And I'm afraid that many in the church today have lost their cutting edge. They're staying busy, but they're not being effective. They're staying busy, but they're not being productive. Sadly, most of what we do in the church can be done without the help or power of the Holy Spirit. We've become so good at what we do that we can operate in the power of the flesh and nobody seems to notice that God is missing and that God is no longer present. Vance Havner said it best when he described the church this way. Many of the Lord's workmen today have lost the axe head of power. They have lost the joy of salvation. They have not the upholding of God's Spirit. The loss of the axe head of the Spirit's unction has fallen into the waters of worldliness, the ponds of indifference, the swamps of sluggishness. They have ability, training, sincerity, earnestness, but they are chopping with the handle. They stand before a demonized world powerless and it must be said of them as it was said of the, of the disciples before the demon-possessed boy in Mark 9, 18, and they could not. This is the pitiful tragedy of the lost axe head, heads in the church today. End of quote. I'm afraid that what Vance Havner said is true of the church today. We're busy, but not effective. There's the sound of work, but our work isn't producing anything. There is movement without might, energy without effectiveness, and there is activity, but very little productivity. It's evident that something is missing. When you read the book of Acts and see the early church and you look at the church today, it's evident that something is missing. We've lost our cutting edge. We're swinging away with the axe handle, but we don't have the cutting edge of the axe head. Hear me and hear me well. We need the power of God. We need the touch of God. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit on our lives if we're going to be effective. And we are mistaken if we think we can do the work of God without the power of God. If we think we can do what God has called us to do as a church and as individuals without His help and without His touch, we are fooling ourselves. It's the power of God that makes the difference. You take a survey today and people will say, hey, you need better programs and I'm not against programs. Take a survey and people will say, you need the most up-to-date technology and there's nothing wrong with technology. I'm all for computers. I'm all for internet. I'm all for YouTube and Facebook and social media and having TV screens. I'm all for up-to-date modern praise and worship. But listen, I don't want any of those things that I don't want to do without the presence and power of God because it's the power of God that makes the difference hear me a program without power will not change anybody's life we need the touch of God let me ask you this morning have you lost your cutting edge have you lost your spiritual sharpness in fact, let me be very transparent and open with you this morning. There have been times in my life I have preached without the cutting edge of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I've done it so long that I know how to do it without Him. And many preachers will not admit that to you. But I know how to say exactly what needs to be said to get people going if I want to. You do it long enough you can get a crowd going. You do 
do this long enough, you can get enough charisma to get people going. And get a crowd in it. But there's a difference between power and anointing and charisma. Amen? But I've got good news. If you've lost your cutting edge, you've lost that sharpness and effectiveness that you once had, you can recover it. You can regain it. Amen? This gives us some steps on recovering the cutting edge. Number one, you've got to admit that we've lost it. We've got to admit that we've lost it. As soon as this man feels the axe head fly off, he cries out in despair. He goes to the man of God and he says, Hey, alas, Master, it's borrowed. He cries out in despair. He cries out in discouragement. He knows that he can't keep going. He knows that he can't keep working unless he recovers the axe head. The first step in recovering the power of the Spirit is coming to the place where you know you don't have it. The road to recovering the cutting edge is recognizing that it's missing. We can see this illustrated in the life of Samson. Look at Judges chapter 16 verse 20. And he said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Samson was a man anointed by the Spirit of God and he'd gone out many other times before and he had defeated the Philistines and he thinks, hey, I'm just going to go out like I've done every other time and I'm going to whip them and the Spirit of God, the anointing of God's going to be there. But he went out this time, shook himself, and he did not know that God had departed from him. Hear me, just because you've been anointed before don't mean you're always going to be anointed the next time. Just because you hucked and bucked and shouted and spoke in tongues before don't mean it's always going to be there the next time. Let me just say this. I'm afraid that's what too many people have tried to live on something they've had in the past. Thank God for the past. It got us to where we are today. But you can't live off of yesterday. That's good preacher whether you say amen or not. We need something today. But can I tell you what's the problem? We're too proud to admit we've lost it. We think we still got it when in reality we don't. But we're too proud to admit we don't have it. So we'd rather go around faking it like we've got everything together when we don't. If you want to get your cutting edge back, you want to get your effectiveness back, you've got to get to a place where you admit you don't have it anymore. You've got to get to a place where you'll admit you're not as close to God as you once were. That you don't have the fire of God in your life you once did. That you don't have the passion you once had for God. That's how you get it back. When you'll humble yourself and say, I'm not walking with God the way I once walked with God. That's how you get it back. But most of the time we walk around, I've got my stuff together. 
God gives grace to the humble. God gives power to the humble. God gives power to those who recognize they need Him. You see, one of the hardest things for us to do is admit we lack anything. Isn't it? We want to walk around like a peacock strutting around like we've got it all. God, don't anoint that. One of the greatest demonstrations that Jesus ever gave us The Lord of glory, the King of kings, one of the greatest demonstrations He ever gave us was when He laid aside His title as King of kings and Lord of lords and took a basin of water and took a towel and laid aside His garments and got down and washed the disciples' feet. And one of the greatest things we could ever do if we want to see the cutting edge comes back is lay aside our titles and lay aside our pride and get out a towel and start serving people. And we'll see power and effectiveness come back when we start serving. Amen? We want the effectiveness to come back. We want the power to come back. We've got to admit that we don't have it. We've got to admit something's wrong. And again, it's hard for us to admit that something is wrong. Listen, it's hard for a preacher to admit that something's wrong. It's hard for a preacher to admit that he's not anointed anymore. But that's the first step to recovery. That's the first step. In fact, if you go to a worldly program, an AA meeting, one of the first steps is to admit you've got a problem. You talk to anybody that's ever gone through AA or had an addiction, the first step is to admit you've got a problem. And in the church, we don't want to admit there's a problem. But secondly, if you want to get the cutting edge back, you have to accept responsibility for losing it. The man accepted responsibility for losing the cutting edge. He didn't try to blame somebody else. He didn't try to point fingers at somebody else. He didn't try to pass judgment on somebody else for the cutting edge being lost. He took responsibility for what happened. When we lose our cutting edge, when we lose our effectiveness, when we lose the power and the anointing, we have to take responsibility for it. You can't point the finger at the pastor or the leadership of the church when you lose your effectiveness. Well, if the pastor would preach more like this, or if the praise and worship team would sing these songs, I'd have my effectiveness, I'd have my power back. No, you can't blame nobody else, baby. You are responsible for your cutting edge. You can't blame your job. You can't point the finger at the church. You can't point the finger at your family, your friends. You can't point the finger at anybody but yourself if you've lost your cutting edge. The blame lies with you. But you know something else we're good at? Playing the blame game. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Doesn't it? When God comes along and after Adam and Eve have fallen, what's the first thing they do? Eve blames the serpent and Adam says to God, this woman you gave me. And we've been playing that game ever since. And so now we try to blame people for our spiritual problems. 
We try to blame people for why we aren't closer to God. No, listen, the reason you aren't closer to God is your fault. The reason you don't walk in power, the reason you don't walk in anointing is because of you. You've heard me say this before, I'll say it again. You are as close to God as you want to be. And so if you aren't spiritually, spiritually affected, and if you don't have the anointing and power of God that you want on your life, it is your fault. It is your responsibility. You have to accept responsibility for yourself. I have to accept responsibility for myself. Amen? But here's the third thing. You have to acknowledge where we lost it. If we're going to regain it, we have to find out where we lost it. Before the axe head could be recovered, they had to go to the place where it had been lost. The young man could remember. And here's the thing. The young man could remember where he lost the axe head. And he took Elijah back to the place where he lost the axe head. Look there in your Bible at at verse 6 real quick. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. He knew exactly where the axe head had fallen in the river. If we're going to truly regain our cutting edge, we must first go back to where we lost it to begin with. If you want to write something down, the place of departure is the place of recovery. Let me just illustrate it this way. You're going to find your keys where you last had them. They're not going to end up somewhere else. How many, how many of that makes sense? If you've never lost your keys, they're going to be exactly where you had them last. <laughs> and that's the same way with the power and anointing of God. The place of departure is the place of recovery. You will only find something that is lost when you pinpoint the place where you left it. So before we can recover the power of God in our lives or in the church, we've got to return to the place where we lost the power. In other words, we've got to uncover the reason why the power has been lost. So let me just ask some questions, some diagnostic questions. Is it because of some sin we've committed? Is it because our priorities have become misplaced? Did it happen when we stopped reading our Bible and praying every day? Did it happen when we stopped going to church faithfully? Did it happen when we went back to some old sinful habit? Let me ask you this. Has your relationship with God become routine? Or are you just checking off the boxes just so you can say, I got it done? If it has, you most likely have lost your cutting edge. If you don't love Him as you once did, I promise you this, you've lost your cutting edge. Let me illustrate it by looking at the church of Ephesus. Revelation 2 verse 1 through 5. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says He who holds the seven stars in His right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Notice, he just commended them. He complimented them. 
They've got a lot of good stuff going on, but then look at verse 4. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. And then look at verse 5. He gives them some instruction. Remember therefore from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. This church was a serving church. It was a separated church, a sanctified church. It was a steadfast church. But Jesus warns, warns them that they no longer loved Him as they once did. Somewhere along the way, they fell out of love with Jesus and they lost their cutting edge. And guess what? The church eventually became non-existent. You don't find a church in Ephesus today. They lost their cutting edge. Hear me. I do not want that to happen to the Jefferson church. If we lose our cutting edge, and Jesus don't come back soon, it's very well possible that what happened to Ephesus could happen right here. Listen, I'm not prophesying doom and gloom, but hear me. It could happen. He gave them instruction on how to get their love back. Remember from where you've fallen. Remember how it used to be. He told them to repent. And He said, redo your first works. Do what you did at first. Go back to praying, to witnessing, to serving, to loving. We need the cutting edge. Amen? But we've got to acknowledge where we lost it. What happened? Did sin enter our lives? Did sin enter the church? Did, did, did some kind of faction or division come in and stamp out the power of God? Is there some kind of grievance or bitterness or unforgiveness that has come in and stamped out the power of God? If so, it has to be dealt with. Hear me, it has to be dealt with. Whether that person is here anymore or not, it has to be dealt with. Because the Bible says you can't come and worship if there's unforgiveness. Because God won't receive your gift. He won't receive your worship if there's unforgiveness and relationships are broken. Read your Bible. God's power ain't going to be poured out in a mess. Amen? Let me move on. Number four. Last point. You've got to ask for help. The young man cried out, Alas, my master. That's what he said to Elisha. That was a cry for help. He knew that there was nothing he could do about his own situation. He, he was powerless to recover what he had lost. He needed a miracle. And how many know that iron axe heads don't just float? 
He needed a miracle. He needed something supernatural to take place. And here's what stands out to me about this text. The Bible says that Elisha cut down a stick and threw it in the water. You know what that represents to me? It represents the cross. That if we'll get back to the cross of Jesus, God can do a supernatural work in our lives. We need help. Because we have no power by ourselves. Because you'll also notice in the text that the young man said it was borrowed. It wasn't his own accident. And any power you and I have, it's not our own power. It's His power. Luke 24, 49 says this. Jesus told His disciples, Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from where? On high. Any power we have, it's borrowed power. You see, it's not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the We need His power. We don't need my strength, your strength, my ability, or your ability. We need His ability. So we've got to ask for His help. We've got to ask for His strength. We need His touch. We need His anointing. We've got to call on God. Because we can't do it on our own. God is the one who restores the cutting edge. He is the source of all power. He is the one who gives us authority. This morning, if we've lost our spiritual power and want to recover it, we have to ask God for help. We've got to humble ourselves, get rid of our pride and say, God, I need You to touch me. One more time. God, I need You to fill my life once again. Amen. Amen. I'll be open and transparent. I went into camp meeting this week, dry, needing God to touch me. I did. And He did. But I'm here this morning needing God to touch me again. And when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to pray, God, I need You to touch me again. Every day we wake up, we should pray, God, I need You to touch me again. Let's just be honest. We're vessels that sometimes we leak. And we need God to touch us again and again and again. That's why Paul said about being filled with the Spirit, we need to always be ye being filled. We need the cutting edge. In closing, I want you to notice this young man lost his cutting edge while doing a great work. He was working. He was busy. He was engaged in doing ministry and lost the cutting edge. Now think about that. Serving God and lost the cutting edge. It is possible to be serving in ministry, serving God, doing what God has called you to do 
and lose the cutting edge. Teaching children's church, teaching youth ministry, and lose the cutting edge while you're doing it. How is that possible, preacher? You can fall so in love with doing it that you get into a routine that you fall into your own strength rather than depending on God. Fall so in love with leading people in worship that you depend on your own ability and talent that you stop depending on God. That you get so good at what you do that you stop spending as much time with Him in prayer and in His Word that you no longer think you need Him. It's possible to lose your cutting edge even while you do what God calls you to do. One of the teachers this week, he said this. He said, it's so easy for us if we're not careful to get so good at standing behind this desk instead of spending time worshiping God that if we aren't careful, we'll fall in love with this rather than this. And we'll get ourselves in trouble. And you hear me? I've been there. I've been there. And if you'll be honest, you've been there too. I never want to be there again. Because I need Him. I need Him. Whether you won't admit it or not, you need Him too. Listen, you may never stand in the pulpit, you may never stand in front of a classroom, but if you've got kids to raise them in this generation, you need the cutting edge to raise them. You need God's help to raise them. Amen. With everything that gets thrown at you these days, you need Him to help raise them. Because they will test you and try you and push you to your limits. You need Him to help raise them. And so my message to us today is I just want us to pray that God will give us the cutting edge. That God would just give us the empowerment to do what He wants us to do. Whether it's in vocational ministry, whether it's teaching children, whether it's teaching youth, whether it's just raising our kids, that God will give us the divine enablement to do what we need to do. Whatever that assignment is. If it's working a job, whatever your profession is, you need the enablement to do it. God's put you there. You need the enablement to do it. You've got decisions that you have to make every day. You need the enablement to do it. I want you to stand with all over the house. Sister Mary Beth, if you'd come. I ask you this morning, have you lost your cutting edge? Have you lost your effectiveness? If so, I want to encourage you and let you know you can recover your lost power. You can get your cutting edge back if you'll become concerned. You've got to be concerned. You've got to confess. You've got to acknowledge where you lost it. Why you lost it. And you've got to commit to recover what you lost. It might mean for some of us that we've got to turn off the TV, turn off the computer, push the plate back some and say, God, I'm not going to meet today until I get my cutting edge back. I heard Tim Hill this week, the general overseer of the church of God, 
He, he told the, the pastors, he said, some of you need to go home. You need to grab a pillow and go to the church. You need to tell your wife and kids, I'm going to be at the church. I'm going to sleep until I hear from God. Don't look for me to come home until I hear from God. Some of you just need to get desperate. Lock yourself in a room and say, I'm not coming out until I get a hold of God. There's some of you here today, your families are falling apart and you need to do something to see your families restored. You ought to get your cutting edge back. You need to say no to the food. Spend some time with God. Say, God, be like Jacob. I'm not going to let go till you bless me. I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to let go until I hear from God. Until I know what God wants me to do. Until God touches me. Until God changes my life. I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to change until God does something in my life. And I know that what I'm saying doesn't resonate with everybody because some of you going to leave here and you're going to do what you've been doing for years. And that's okay. But there's some here today you're hungry for more. There's some of you here today that you don't want this church to go out of existence. There's some of you here today that you want this church to go to another level. One of the teachers this week, and it really resonated with me, he, he, he said a word from God doesn't have an expiration date. And they some of you, you've had a word from God that you've been holding on to for years. I just want to reiterate what he said. A word from God doesn't have an expiration date. You keep holding to it because God's going to do it. And there's something God said to me three years ago when I came here. He said that He was going to give me this church and He was going to give me favor. When I came here, He was going to give me favor. So God's not done with me yet here. And maybe I shouldn't share this, but I'm going to be transparent because it, it, it's, it's run through my mind. And I hadn't told, even told my wife this, but it's ran through my mind here lately that God might be through with me here. when that man of God said that I thought God my time's not done yet because you gave me a word three years ago so my time's not done and so I'm going to stay until God is finished and so he's not finished yet brother Tommy God's got more for my life your life everybody here God's got more because a word from God doesn't have an expiration date and I'm not going to put an expiration date on it. Amen? So I'm going to get my cutting edge back. Anybody else who wants to get their cutting edge back, we're going to get it and we're going to keep plowing on. And we're going to see God do great things. And I believe we're going to see sons and daughters and grandsons and granddaughters come in. And I believe we're going to turn this community upside down for the glory of God. And we're going to start declaring life and blessing over this place. And we're going to start seeing them come in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. 
I believe they can come in from 30 minutes away and 30 miles away. God can send them. Amen. Amen. Because God isn't finished. Would you lift your hands all over this place?